That's what Mandy said. You have too many apps on there. <laughs> Pretty sure that's Did you not close all your apps? You got to swipe up. You got to close your apps, Zachary. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go, guys. You ready? Yeah. Hello, people. I feel it in my bones. Hi, guys. How's it going today? Good, man. I love this song. Do you? I don't know this song, but I like the groove. Oh, I feel it in my bones. Yeah. Yeah? Do you know this song? You know I do. Zach, you know it? I don't. You going to call it? Nope. I don't know. You got any guesses? Nope. <clears throat> what you got, Jared? I don't know the song. I just know of the song, and I enjoy it. This is uh, Keller Anderson. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But this isn't an original, is it? Yeah. Yeah. This is an original? It's an original tune. Well, Keller Anderson's worldwide because I know this song. Maybe it's because you've played it before. I probably played it for you, yeah. He sent it to his his Spotify, isn't it? Uh, Yes. Yeah. It's on his page. Um, But, you know, as as those of you that have listened to the show in the past know, music's important to us. There's always a reason. Uh, And I've got a little dad brag moment here for you guys. I'm ready. Uh, yeah. So uh, yesterday, Keller, who's senior, graduating yep. from Slough High, right? Yep. Uh, he'd already uh, decided that he was going to Belmont down in Nashville, wanted to get into the music side, get in the business side. And he had applied a, a couple of times to the much more rigorous school of songwriting, mm-hmm. which is you know very, very small percentage of kids get in. Um, and yesterday he got the letter that they were like, you're in, dude. Wow. Yeah. Holy moly. That's phenomenal. So that means he'll be rubbing, knocking, no, maybe not knocking, be rubbing shoulders with Brad Paisley. Uh, rubbing shoulders and knocking boots elsewhere. Cause he is from Granite city. <laughs> yeah. Home, you know, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> maybe sorry, Brad sorry, Paisley Kim. will get back from Ukraine to help Keller in his plight. But, uh, yeah, no, you know, it's funny you say Brad Paisley, right? Because uh, I think we might have talked about this. Like, he's an alum from Belmont who goes back and teaches classes at the songwriting school. So it's, uh, we're stoked. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Well, and our soon-to-be guest, soon-to-be-announced guest today, I think is going with the Keller Pills. Uh, Yeah, it's true. It looks like it. It's the Keller Pills. We're we're down here at... uh, we're well spent. Yeah, yeah. Give our give our friends fifteen seconds of love here because uh, they got a couple things coming up. Yeah, I'm actually. I think I'm going to be here Saturday before the game. Um, coming down here with the family before Saturday's match with City. Is that the five year? Five year. I think the five year um, anniversary party oh, is Saturday. Well spent. Yeah, and trying to make it to that, and then we've got a couple other things going on on Saturday, but. This is not a one-up, but while we're bragging on our senior kids... Oh, there we go. My daughter, Ansley, has applied and been accepted to the nursing school at Truman State University. and Saving so lives. Yeah, she's she's stoked about that. We're stoked that she's finally made a decision and, and moving forward. So, so, so Keller's going to break hearts and words, and she's going to mend, mend them, them with yep. needles and knives? Yep. So if anybody wants to uh, you know contribute to the... <laughs> Ansley Lewis or, or, or uh, Keller Anderson scholarship, let us know. Well, yeah. if we're bragging, um, I probably only have two more months of probation left. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jared, we have you on this show for a reason. <laughs> and that's one that's of what it, Yeah. And I like that uh, you don't even really know for sure if it's two months. 
feeling. You know, you just if you just walk the straight and narrow, you're you're, there's you're no, yeah. There's no reason to look at a calendar. You're fine. Yeah, it's true. I mean, That's you're true. you're point. golden. Just just yeah. blinders on, obey the laws, and just be a good person. All the laws except for seatbelt laws, right? Seatbelt laws. Yeah, they they get under your skin, mm-hmm. on your skin, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, thank you all for continuing to support the show. You know, the, the it's been tremendous. Um, uh, you know, keep clicking the follow button. The reviews and all that are immensely appreciated. I uh, want to quickly recap um, our last few shows because those we recorded down in Florida at the GA Cup before we get into our guests for the day. Um, the first one that we did was with Ron Champagne. Ron's one of our fellow soccer dads. Uh, son is on the team. Uh, but, but it's a really unique story in that uh, both of his kids were high performers. And at f- relatively young ages, they were farmed out. I wouldn't say shipped out. I would say that they were farmed out to higher institutions, lived very far away from mom and dad, and continued to thrive at IMG first and now he's here in st louis at chaminade prep uh was a great conversation about how they manage that process um you know maybe a good episode to listen to as a primer for those of you that you know like zach and myself you know getting ready to send our kids off to college you know once once you're an empty nester you're an empty nester well a shout out to david gimple out in uh the detroit area oh yeah we met him at the ga cup his son alex is at uh on the columbus crew and he's a freaking hammer. He's a hammer. He is a hammer. Uh, left winger. Um, and he has been listening to the show and mentioned and, and commented that the Ron Champagne episode was eerily parallel to their yeah. experiences as a parent who whose kid was kind of farmed out, so to speak, from the Detroit area down to Columbus to play with the crew. And I know there are hundreds of examples like that, and in, in yeah. not as much in our backyard yet, but that's going to change. Kansas City, I mean, I think there were, how many did you say, several of their U15s Quite were in that, that situation. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. across the country mm-hmm. you're going to see that. Mm-hmm. I was really surprised more. that he listened to the episodes after Jared made his personal introduction to the guy <laughs> at, uh, what was the name of that place? He uh, winked the, at me. Beach House. Beach House. Beach House. I, you know, I saw you walk I up surprised. to him and I'm like, oh my God, this is not going to end well. <laughs> no. But it did. You did well. No, 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 no. I was PC. I was surprised that Mr. Champagne's love of brown derby whiskey and lemonade. Yeah, he, he loves the finer things mixed with, mixed, with, mixed with crap sugar products. Yeah, Cuvoisier and Simply Lemonade. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, he's going hey, to listen to this. Teach their own. Thing. Yeah. Um, and then the other episode was really just a home run. And actually, this is going to be a great transition into I, our guest I today. agree. Do uh, you like, see, see how we did that? Well though? done. Yeah. And you're, you're noticing that I'm dressed I, I appropriately do, yep. today? Yeah. yeah. So so those of you throwback. that uh, aren't sitting here with us at Wellspent, since it is a podcast and it's all audio, uh, Zach is wearing an STLFC 1764 old merch tee. That's right. From the STLFC games uh, days, excuse I think me. It maybe it was made before the STLFC. How'd you get that done? I mean, that's well, the oldest looking shirt I've ever seen. Did you wash it or do you change oil in it? You pay for the fatigue. Oh, okay. He throws rocks in his dryer to try, you know, <laughs> instead of like air freshener balls, he puts like pebbles in there and it just makes them look vintage. Some sand. Yeah. And Mandy's like, why the fuck is our dryer all messed up? No, 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 babe. It's vintage tees. You can see your heart beating in that shirt. <laughs> Hey, our guest, the the guest prior, 
uh, was was Mr. Jeremy Allenball, um, which was just an it, it was just a ton of fun. Not only did he hook up with us, was gracious enough to come out, watch the boys play, came and hung out, had some beers at the uh, B and B down there, um, sat there for you know well over an hour. Just ate lunch. And Kelly sent home seven bags of condiments because the (laughs) Airbnb was like, don't leave anything. And he's like, thanks for the ketchup. (laughs) And and I'll tell you, that that for me um, was special because it checked a box. You know, this started as a um, something for fun. And and the success has quickly snowballed down the hill. And we're having a lot of fun with it. And we're talking to excellent guests, just like today's guests, that have been around and know the game. And for me, being a friend of his, playing for that gentleman, his reputation in the game, it, it just it, it hit a sweet spot for me. Yeah, Jeremy was uh, super insightful, laying out kind of a, a, a quick synopsis history, uh, running up through the ranks, you know, in our backyard here, his role at uh, STL uh, FC, uh, and then talked about his transition into his new role, current role as a senior VP of the USL Championship, which is the uh, third tier pro division. Second tier. Sec- sorry, second tier uh, division um, where they've got 32 teams. They've got soccer specific stadiums in the eight to 10,000 uh, cap rate, and they're growing at an extremely fast pace. Um, and, you know, he touched on a few other things similar to the Ron episode where we asked him, you know, just some tidbits of advice on, you know, how do you manage this process? How do you how, how do you help your children through it? Because he started at the youth academy and obviously now he's working at the highest level. The only uh, question I wish I would have asked him and I and I kicked myself and you just brought it up as the second or third tier in yeah. it's <clears throat> technically third because of MLS Next Pro. Correct. And we didn't really talk about how that's affected the USL because it's a brand new league, realistically, uh, or newer. So well, the one way it affected is is all the MLS two teams that were in that league a year ago that were right. established are no longer in that. Yeah, league. yeah. So, so you know, why don't we do it th- do it this way? We'll we'll say MLS is League One, and then MLS Next League Two is League Two A, and USL is Two B. For our purposes, we go with sure. that. Yeah, fine. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Well, Jeremy yeah. might disagree. I think the USL would probably disagree, but yeah. that's okay. Yeah, and you know what? It's not their show, though. No, it's not. So they can disagree all they yeah. want, and actually, they're the more I'm than sure welcome we'll to call us and get on the, uh, the executive they, vice president of, uh, and they can come on and plead their case. <laughs> so I'm just excited about today. I, yeah, this is gonna be fun. So, STLFC, we mentioned it a little while ago, um, and we've been we've mentioned City SC, we've mentioned a few other entities, soccer entities here in our backyard, and our guest today has played a role. Um, in 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 feeding the information, feeding the games through the airwaves into uh, his marketplace over the mic. Uh, loves the game, knows a lot about the game. Uh, we have the Mr. Santiago Beltran. How are you today, sir? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Um, we are. I told you it would be maybe five to six minutes. We're at eleven minutes, so I apologize for the five-minute overrun, and I blame Jared. So. Um, <laughs> Appreciate your patience. What do you think of the beer, by the way? It's really good. You like I it? like it. Yeah? You walked in and you, you kind of the same response as some of our other guests. They're like, haven't been here yet. Looks cool. It is a cool place, though, isn't it? Yeah, I didn't know about the place until you invited me to the podcast. And very convenient because I work at my office at Union Station, so very convenient for me. It's it, convenient, too, because we, we, we 
you know, position this place as a, a good pregame spot. I mean, you're not you're less than a mile from the stadium. Easy walk down Olive. And you Easy can park. Walk from, yeah, you can park here on the street. Um, they've got the outdoor patio open now. I'm drinking the birds in the wall. I think Jared and, and JB are as well. It's yes, a nice blonde ale, brand new on the on the menu. It's really good. And and our guest, Santiago, you didn't even realize that you were going to honor my son today by drinking a Keller Pills. <laughs> you, know, it, you know, I appreciate that. So we're adding to it. Yeah, it wasn't planned. <laughs> so want to want to kind of like set the table first because I think that you are you're one of those um, I would you know for lack of a better term you're kind of an enigma within the soccer community in so much that I think a lot of people have seen the name be it uh, at events um, or social media in particular you're you're connected with a lot of strands of the soccer community from the Luligans to the pod world, to the teams, to your own institutions and your broadcasting uh, uh, outlets. Um, but let's, let's, let's go backwards and give us a little bit of foundation as to, um, A, why St. Louis? How, how'd you end up here? Uh, and B, talk about your, your connection with the game and how you uh, started and got embedded in the St. Louis soccer scene. Yeah, so I'm from Colombia. I've been in St. Louis since 2006, so going into year 17 now. Wow, that's a long time. Did you graduate from Mizzou? No, I, I didn't. Uh, I graduated from the University of Houston, and um, after I graduated, I moved to St. Louis. The year before that, well, I have to go back like maybe to 2003, um, before I started uh, college at the University of Houston, the year before that, I had a summer job at uh, Build a Bear Workshop in Middle Beach, South Carolina. And then I did that for a couple of summers. Then when I was about to um, start college at the University of Houston, my manager was like, hey, Santiago, Build a Bear has summer internships. So instead of coming here next year to work here, why don't you reach out to them and see if maybe you can get an internship? And I ended up getting an internship in 2005, went back to Houston. Then after I graduated, I had already made some connections and um, was able to get a job at the Bilderberg office here in St. Louis and have been working there ever since. So, so, so when you got here, at what point or <clears throat> what, uh, what what created the um, the path to the soccer community? How, how, did, how did you start that? So it took a while. It took a while. I, like I watch soccer, like I follow uh, my national team, Colombia. A lot of years of frustration around that time because Colombia missed the 2002, 2006 and 2010 World Cups. Uh, also supporting my hometown team, um, Once Caldas from Manizales, um, watching games online. If you ask my wife, she will tell you some funny stories about this because <laughs> that was like during those times you basically could watch online and maybe like a, like a pirate website and uh, I would watch the games and some of them were at night and she would like, Sometimes I will watch it in our room and she will be already asleep and I will be 
cursing or saying bad things and she, she always has a kick about that. But uh, all those years I continued watching uh, my team, my national team, and I didn't connect with the St. Louis soccer community until 2016, which was the second year St. Louis FC was in existence. I have a, a friend from Colombia who told me about the team and I started to see things on social media. So I asked my wife at the beginning of the season, hey, why don't we check out St. Louis FC, go with some friends, see who is interested. Started to go to the games. Um, didn't go to every game. I wasn't a season ticket holder, but went to a good amount of games for 2016, 2017. Then uh, in 2018, a friend uh, was part of a radio show in Spanish. And uh, it was a sports show, so he was like, hey, Santiago, you go to the St. Louis FC games. You should come to the show one one day and maybe talk about the team. And I did that. They invited me a couple of times. And like around the end of the year, he called me. And he was like, hey, my co-host is leaving. Do you think you would like to do a show with me? I was like, well, I have never done this, but I'll give it a shot. And uh, I joined that radio show, and that radio station, um, their name is La Quebuena. They are no longer in business, but they had the radio, the Spanish radio rights for St. Louis FC. And uh, they say, hey, you should like uh, join us for the broadcast. Uh, so I did some color analysis during that 2018 season. Then um, the station, the station uh, folded, and um, with somebody else I knew, I started um, Leader Sports Media, which is a digital outlet that covers um, soccer in St. Louis and or sports. And uh, through that and through uh, social yeah. media, I started like, I, I went to um, the Luligan tailgates and I started meeting people. And that's kind of how I got plugged in. How, how receptive was the the, the team, you know, individuals like Jeremy and the rest of the staff at STLFC when, you know, you guys were there, uh, you know, uh, how receptive were they to what you guys are trying to do? Because obviously, you know, we were there. We know what the demographics were within that stadium. And you're, you're feeding into your market is elsewhere. Yeah. You know, did, did it feel did it feel warm? Was it welcoming? Did you feel like you were working? Was it fun? How did that all play out in the early days for you guys? It was it was a lot of fun for sure. Like the first year since I was just doing like since I was there as a color analyst, um, kind of didn't talk much to like the Jeremy's of the world or the people in the PR team or anything like that. But uh, the following year after I started Lear Sports and we kind of decided, okay, let's see if we can reach out to uh, Cardinals in Louis FC. Um, I knew I had some connections at St. Louis FC just from that previous year. So um, I reached out to, uh, to Tyler Teslav, who was the um, PR manager at that point. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were like, yeah, they were like, yeah, let's do it. Uh, we're excited to have you guys. And through that, I met Jeremy at some point. Um, it's, and it's interesting. It's great to see that he's doing so well. And now he's a VP at the USL. I have one good memory I have with Jeremy um, is one of the US Open Cup games. Uh, for those, uh, the rights are different, so uh, we couldn't do the usual broadcast. 
But there is still let us. Um, so the broadcast we did it at Soccer Park. The press box is really small. Yeah. So we did the broadcast from the roof. Okay, <laughs> above the the because I was going to ask that question. So they have the one because I'm familiar with it. So of course the main broadcast is in English. Yeah. And then you guys were on top of them on open air on top of the broadcast doing the Spanish broadcast, correct? Probably yeah. A, you probably had a much better view. Yeah, but the English <laughs> radio was also on the roof. Oh, okay. They, they had okay. both of us there. Yeah. So uh, open cup game against um, Cincinnati, which we actually played this weekend. Right. Um, we weren't doing the broadcast, but they say, hey, if you guys want to come watch from the roof, you are welcome to. So obviously that goal in a stoppage time by Sam Fink and everybody in the roof went crazy and Jeremy was there everybody was hugging like high-fiving so I that remember was, Jeremy that was a great used moment. to Jeremy used to um, he would be on the roof maybe in that area but he'd be way over behind, uh, above the team store by himself yeah biting nails because oh, he yeah. had a was, little bit of that well, what, me, anticipatory say it. Uh, hold on hold on um Anticipatory anxiety. That he had a little bit of that. That's the word of the day. You could make a whole. You could just do a whole play by play of what is Jeremy doing. He, <laughs> he will be pacing and yelling, and it was great to see how emotional we, he got. Yeah. So uh, with, with so, the game. So I'm curious. Was the rooftop access and the production up there? Was that all OSHA approved? Ah, uh, good question. Great question. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because rules, Jared. Didn't we just talk about that? Or, yeah. You know, laws are laws. Well, right? I think what they had is they had um, waste apparatuses, <laughs> and they were buckled Oh, in. They, har- they were clipped They in. were harnessed. Yeah, they had harnesses. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure, sure. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we, we, um, that was awesome. we got a couple of games where uh, it was raining, and it was really windy, and we had, a, like, a canopy above us. And it, I remember I was, like, calling the game, and all of a sudden... Like I saw somebody moving, and I just, uh, I just moved my arm and grabbed something because the canopy was about to to fly, and nice. we were able to to catch it. I think even Jeremy came over and and helped us uh, put it back in place. Uh, but yeah, good times at at the roof at Soccer Park. So, a lot of groups were were uh, kind of associated with the STLFC days from uh, fan groups where you had. Uh, families, clearly the soccer families, you had the club kids, you had, uh, you know, some old guard coming out. And then there was the Section 8, which was the Luligans. Um, you've, you know, up at this point, again, kind of trolling socials. It's it's clear that you, your, your operation, you yourself personally, you're pretty embedded with these guys. Talk about the Luligans from an... Uh, you know, from a transplant standpoint, getting in with the group, what they mean uh, to you and what you think they mean to the soccer community here in St. Louis. Yeah, so the first game, the first ever St. Louis FC game I went to in 2016, I didn't sit in Section 8, but I sat at Section 9 or 10, which is the one next to it. And honestly, I didn't know what to expect, but... uh, that section was full and they will chant and stand the whole game. Kind of reminded me of, of home when, when I went to see my hometown's team and there is also a support, big supporter group that's standing all the game and chanting. So uh, I really like the atmosphere and um, then I learned about their tailgate. So um, I started to attend those. Um, 
my friend Carlos Reserpa from Colombia, who was already part of the Luligans, like kind of introduced me and uh, I was able to meet some people and then just as you're saying, like interacting in social media and things like that. And going back to the tailgates, I, I made more of them. So um, it was great to make those connections. Uh, I'm part of a flyover foodie podcast and uh, mm -hmm. all the guys that are in it, I basically met through either the tailgates or social media. Uh, so it's great how soccer has connected me and has connected a lot of people in St. Louis just from the old St. Louis FC days and now through uh, CDSC. So kind of a <clears throat> transitional question here. Let's getting more into just the game specifically uh, as it pertains to St. Louis. Obviously coming from Colombia, uh, a nation rich in soccer history, um, getting coming to the states you're down in Houston you're on the east coast and you come to St. Louis and you love the game and you're introduced to what's going on here from the universities that we have at the D1 level to the club community to STLFC you know and fast forwarding to now to City SC what's your what's your opinion what's your impression of soccer uh, the game itself and how it relates to St. Louis from, you know, a little bit of an outsider's perspective. Yeah, so I didn't realize, it took me, obviously I started to go to games 2016 and then got into announcing later, but it took me some time to find out uh, how rich the soccer history is in St. Louis. And you mentioned St. Louis University I didn't know, um, at the beginning, I didn't know they had won all those championships and had all that history and a lot of the players that played there went through MLS and how St. Louis uh, has, over the years, had some really great players in MLS. So it's a very rich history um, and a lot of people, even friends uh, from other cities or friends in Colombia, when, when I talk about it with them, like, oh, we had no idea. and. Uh, finding out that um, the national team used to play uh, at soccer park back in the 80s. Um, it's just great history. So for me, as an outsider, as someone who loves the sport and uh, was looking for getting involved with the sport, St. Louis is a great place to be in. Do, do you have children? No, I don't. So uh, I'm sorry. I don't have anything to brag about. I know you guys were <laughs> well. Doing technically, some though, I mean, you're close to the game, so you have a lot of children. That they're all the players that are your. Uh, you're not you on probation either. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Well, you really don't have anything to brag about. Uh. <laughs> hey, actually, if you guys want me something to brag about, I can. Yes. Absolutely, I can do it. Oh, we love, yeah. and it's kind of related. I don't have children, but uh, my wife and I have uh, dogs. Oh. You, this is a dog-friendly bar, by the way. Oh, yeah. You could bring your dog no. here. This like, is a dog-friendly podcast. It's true. Except for JB. <laughs> what do you mean? I, I love dogs. I just don't have dogs. I have, you have cats. I don't have cats. My wife and you children have, cats, in your have cats. No, no. The cats have my home. <laughs> I do not have cats, though. That's how cats roll, though. Carry on, Santiago. So we uh, <laughs> just uh, adopted a dog, and her name uh, we like we kind of 
talk about different names. I say, oh, let's let's do something related to the team. So we have like some different Ooh, ones. Can we guess? Did you name it Lutz? No. Klaus. <laughs> uh, Giacchini. No, that was one of the options, but oh, no. Yeah. Did they make, did their guesses Miggy. make the list? No, no, Miggy. Ravioli Boys. No, uh. not Ravioli Boys. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, Berkey. What we got? Yeah, her name is, uh. her name is Berkey. <laughs> so you went for the high dollar name. <laughs> well, but it wasn't like we said, oh, it's the captain or the high dollar. No, we, we, we had some different ones and uh, she's very creative. So she will even like send me pictures of the players and insert a picture of the dog and insert a name. Oh, so. Well, we got to see those photos. Yeah, we need yeah. side-by-sides with Roman and uh, yeah. the I'm, little Berkey. Oh, you know what? I'm sensing like your dog, the new fad is everybody's pet has to have their own Instagram page. Oh, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Bulldog Berkey. What kind of dog is it? She is a Shih Tzu. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> I would follow that. I, would follow. I don't follow the other celebrity dog pet pages yeah. i would follow that one though shih tzu berkey what would you call what would you call that page <sighs> fun <laughs> mm. everybody's thinking here so so my my other dog is also a shih tzu and uh, i don't have a an instagram or anything like that for her but <laughs> when i post pictures of her her hashtag is is a uh, colombian shih tzu colombian shih tzu it's- so now we have Colombian shit, so times two. There you go. That's something. Number two, number oh. two. So do you, do you speak both English and Spanish in front of your dogs? Yeah. Assimilate them a little bit? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and my wife and I uh, at home, we speak mostly in Spanish or sometimes in English, whatever flows. But with the dog, uh, at least with the first dog, she knows um, some commands in Spanish too. Yeah. So when you get in trouble, does your wife yell at you in Spanish or English? Uh, I never get in trouble. What you're talking about? <laughs> is your wife from Colombia as well? No, my wife is from Puerto Rico, and she has also been here in St. Louis more than 20 years. Okay. Um, but uh, she's from Puerto Rico, so she grew up. Um, her her family is uh, American, but she grew up in Puerto Rico and speaking Spanish. So, yeah, we mostly speak Spanish at home. But um, I don't know. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I don't get in trouble much. So. <laughs> Neither do I. for you. I don't either. I get in trouble all the time. Oh, that's they, true. That's do you lot. get yelled at in uh, Bertrand or English? <laughs> Gaelic. <laughs> you don't even know what it is, do you? You're just like, I'm in trouble. My wife is now a converted. She has converted to being a soccer fan. She's really Good. into into the team, which is something I love. So Puerto Rican, was she a baseball fan? Uh, volleyball. Volleyball is volleyball, what, really? what she okay. played uh, growing up, so that's her sport. She still plays it here in St. Louis. But uh, over the years, like going to games with me, uh, and now she is also involved with the uh, Latino supporters group, um, Estil Santos, um, and she's... she's is, is Estil Santos, is that the group that's been hanging out at Befos? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because they've been having, like, flipping street parties for these games. Yeah. Huge. I think I need to go to Bethesda yeah. to hang out. You guys need yeah. to go check it out. So so we we know enough about the Luligans to be dangerous. We know uh, <laughs> enough about, like, AO Outlaws, things like that. Uh, talk about that club. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because I had that. I actually did have that on a note at home. <laughs> I jotted it on a post-it, but in true three-kid 
dad fashion. I forgot it on the right. counter. Uh, talk about that supporters club. Um, who, who are they? Um, what's what's their what's the vibe, and where can they be found? How can they be followed? Yeah, so it is a very new supporters group. Uh, it started at the end of last year, and it started basically seven people kind of got together and say, hey, we should do something to uh, get a, see if we can be approved by the club to be a supporters group and then kind of talk to uh, people we know and see if they want to join in. And the group is now, um, I think they, it has between 150 and 200 members. And really? is growing wow. and um, doing those tailgates at Befast. And uh, not only doing the tailgates, but they are also, um, the group is also now a non-profit nice. and um, they are raising money for different uh, non-profits in St. Louis so it's growing quickly and as you said they put a full party at Befas and have different things every every match day so uh, and they, I know they have some great things coming up for uh, I've seen some the of videos. the matches coming up it's a party for sure and I was going to ask you about Club America coming in to town in a couple months and <clears throat> with that team which has a pretty storied history within that particular league and 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 in the latin uh community can you talk a little bit about what that might mean for the growth of estil santos um what role you have played in kind of developing a voice for the latin american community for soccer in st louis i would love to hear more about that yeah so that club america game is going to be huge um i remember i posted something on our website Lear sports media when the game was announced and it had so much traffic and people asking questions like when do the tickets go on sale uh things like that uh, because um the hispanic community here in st louis the biggest uh group is mexicans and right. obviously not everybody is a club america fan but I think people are just excited at, about having a team from their country in St. Louis, and um, there is a there is a chat for the supporters group, and uh, people ask about America, and uh, even people that are not America fans want to go to the game, and it's really exciting to see how uh, this club coming to St. Louis is kind of united the Hispanic community, and everybody wants to be there, and uh, as far as being a boys, um, it's just uh, like in Latin America, we, we enjoy the game a little bit different. Um, and I don't have anything about like, I, I'm not going to say I, I'm not going to say I'm against it. But uh, the way um, games are announced are announced in English is different. Uh, <laughs> it, no, no, you can say what you want to say. You can say whatever you want to say, because I I we, think every goal should be. 75 syllables long <laughs> uh and screamed i agree yeah so so talk talk about some of the uh compare contrast you know g give us too good too bad compare contrast between a uh, latin broadcast to uh an english slash american broadcast because the I love the British broadcast because it's so subtly dark humor. Mm -hmm. They're constantly just like with a know. glorious equalizer. Or or, ah. or, or they or, like or they'll be like, 
you know that well, you know what a wink or what a move you know it's like they're so pure in how they talk about it yeah talk about the differences here and what would you like to hear more of or what do you like that they do so one thing that i think would be better and i actually saw somebody posted something uh this week uh, just uh when a when a goal is scored there's just no emotion no emotion like and if you are not listening you can miss it and that happened to me in 2014 in the world cup i was watching uh germany against brazil um i was at work so i was watching on the computer and i was listening but um i turned around to talk to uh my co-worker and i think at that point it was two zero and then i turned around like three minutes later and it was already 3-0, and I missed the goal because... Well, it was a seven-goal game. Right. So at some point, you got to tone it down, maybe. <laughs> but that was the third goal, and you know, like, <laughs> yeah. I was listening in the background. There was no emotion. No, no emotion. So what no. you're saying in the... In, yeah. in the um, in the in the Spanish Latin broadcast, there is tons of more emotion. Flair. There's, For sure. There is, uh, there's a certain amount of give a fuck that that is that is yelled or um with with some assertiveness on those broadcasts it's just passion i mean i i'm not going to speak on behalf of of you santiago but but we played futsal for many years and we would play teams from mexico from colombia from brazil and those games were intense from a parent standpoint usually you're used to some person here in the states just being rude and obnoxious not knowing the game kick it kick, yeah, it, harder. kick it harder kick it these folks were i mean they had chance they had um very uh pointed criticisms for their players for our players for the refs and they were very loud in the yeah. pronunciation of those criticisms and i think the broadcast that i've heard um emulate that and so what is it do you think if you could kind of put your thumb on it what is it about those broad broadcasts that are different why is it so more more passionate why why is it so much more celebrated i think for me uh it's just the goal is like uh the high point of the game yeah and you need to uh celebrate it do something different about it and I grew up with that, watching uh, and listening to um, soccer on TV in Colombia. And uh, growing up, uh, like Colombia made it to the World Cup um, after 28 years. So uh, I watched all those games. I was hooked to the TV. So just seeing all the motion from the announcers when they called a goal. And yeah, you can say some go really long or some <laughs> are really loud. There are different styles. but. But to me, the goal is the ecstasy of the game, and, and you need to uh, mm -hmm. to call it different. And it's just it just drives me crazy when they are called without emotion. Uh, another difference that I have noticed, and it's not in every English broadcast, but sometimes there is a lot of silence, like during the play, like they don't talk about what's happening or, <laughs> or even try to. What about uh, your English um, um, counterpart, English broadcast counterpart? Uh, Joey Zamboni don't fit that mold. No, he doesn't. Joey, <laughs> Joey, Joey's doing an awesome job, and I think go go ahead because here's what we're gonna do. 
City SC is coming up next. But go ahead. Let's let's hear your initial Joey thoughts here. Joey is doing a great job, and uh, he's doing something different if you compare it to any of the announcers. But uh, yeah, I have known Joey for a few years because we go back uh, to the St. Louis ambush days. Because uh, I announced some St. Louis ambush too uh, a couple of years ago. Nice. That's awesome. Here's what we're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna top them off a little bit. We're gonna take a quick breather. Um, and we will be back and we're going to touch on uh, City SC, kind of you know, your, your take and uh, the new team and where we're at on that side. And then I've got to ask you about the Colombian contingency that makes its way to Amsterdam for every one of their national games. <laughs> uh, because I've seen you guys. I know what happens. Yeah. So uh, there are no skeletons at this point. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break. Thanks for listening. And we'll be right back. We're back, no people. Fighting. Little crossover here. This belly and these hips. <laughs> so much of Kelly right in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm Kelly. just kidding, baby. I love you. <laughs> here we go. So yeah, so I, uh, we're back. We've got Santiago Beltran with us today. Um, did a little uh, quick uh, wiki on Colombian artists, and I'm like Shakira. It's Colombia. Great choice. You like that? Ooh, yeah. Can we talk about Barcelona? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever we want to talk about. Remember? Talk we, about we Gerard Piquet? No? Oh, that's great. No? Do, you, do you follow like the... Strawberry tab, jelly? The, the tabloidism of all that, you know, or or do you even care that Shakira is Colombian? I mean, does it matter to you? I, I do care. Do you? I do care because she has had a lot of success. I remember um, this is going to reveal my age, but... Uh, I remember when when she was in a Colombian soap opera back in the in the nineties. Yeah, could and she shake her hips then too? Uh, I think she was starting, um, and <laughs> after the soap opera, like she she was more known as a, as a singer. And uh, I even remember a Shakira concert I went to, and um, and uh, it was a concert with Ricky Martin. Heard of oh, him too? Oh, I love him. But <laughs> you do. The interesting thing <laughs> is that Shakira was so successful that basically Ricky Martin opened for Shakira. Oh at wow! That concert that makes really? sense. Yeah. So if we could, if we're talking about Colombian superstars, my favorite, Sofia Vergara. Oh, sorry. I that's above Shakira. Uh, I'd be honest. I'm with you. That's a different kind of sexy. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> How did Al Bundy get her? That's a great question. She's just funny. Um, and she's smart and not, curvaceous, not unattractive. Is is that your word for hot? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> but let me ask. Let Here's me ask an you, Santiago. <laughs> In your mind, who is the biggest Colombian star? Like crossover pop for America, soccer, sports, TV, international, TV, music, um, big screen. It it has to be has to be Shakira. Yeah, really. Because she she also uh, she's global. Yeah, she's global, and she um, at some point she had uh, albums in English, so uh, I think that helped her. Yeah, she like, didn't she do the main theme song for the World Cup in twenty uh, twenty four 
2014. 2014? Yeah. Or was it in Brazil? No, I mean, no, no, no. sorry, 2018. 2010. Was it 2010? 2010. But I think she has been um, in every World Cup since 2010. Not with the main song, but she has performed. She has I thought it was the one in Africa. Yeah, 2010. Oh, South okay, Africa. Yeah, 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 it seems yeah. like she's performing for a lot of different English personalities too right now. <laughs> like, uh, like, what's the rumors? That's the straight tabloid, man. You oh, it's tabloids. So tabloid. What would you? I mean, what would you do without Twitter? What would you do without your phone? I'm about to leave Twitter, by the way. I'm I'm about done. I'm serious. I, I know this is not a topic that we usually what do you, what do bring you, up. What do you hate? beat it? I just the the algorithm has changed so much that I'm getting so much trash on my feed that I'd never got before. Well, okay, so wow. you're, you're on Twitter a lot. Yes, yeah. you post like 17 times a day. And I keep hearing that. I don't post 17 times a day. <laughs> He's working, you know. But uh, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I have heard that from a lot of people. But I don't know, for me, I still see mostly uh, tweets related, about, related to soccer. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, so I have, well, I have three Twitter accounts. Yeah. Three? Yeah. But th there's a reason, though. Which uh, one is the burner account? Uh, <laughs> he didn't mention that one. <laughs> my my personal account is the burner. That's where m the poli sci in me. <laughs> that's where and, him and that's and, where him and Jared go at it. On, and, uh, well, and like, you is it one of your handles at forty seven? No, JB. Keep going. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, no, I have a personal account in which I set up years ago just to try Twitter, and it's just. Much to your point, Zach, like, and, and even the last few months, I've been significantly less involved with that account because I'm just like, I can't take it anymore. It's just too many whack jobs. The other two, the second one is the Gaslight account yep. from the studio that yep. I've had from way back when. And most of the follows and followers on there are kind of pop culture. Uh, I would say that the shit, the politics and a lot of that stays off that feed. But to your point, Santiago, the Soccer Dad Pod handle which is just at Soccer Dad Pod, uh, our follows and followers are probably 95% soccer. But that's bait. my Instagram page. So my Instagram page, 90% of the content I receive through the algorithm is soccer generated. Mm. But on Twitter, it's soccer is in there for sure. Well, part of it, though, is Elon wants you to participate. So if you are not yes, commenting, not if you're not commenting, retweeting, or at a minimum liking posts that you like, you are going to continue to get the shit algorithm. But I, I, I are like Are you going to go to True stuff. Social? Is that what you're doing? That really didn't make the list. Okay. Um, well, did, did you alternatives. Talk, you, guys, you guys were tagged on this the other day. I forgot who it was. They asked us. Uh, you remember? It was that. Um, who was it? The guy asked about. Macedon? Uh, yeah, about. Which platforms are you guys going to use? Yeah, uh, I, I, I suggested Macedon or Tribal or... Um, uh, here it is. They, uh, Jacob, Jacob, resident of the Lou, tagged your pod, uh, SKL City Santos, our pod, saying, judging by the snowballing deterioration of Twitter, do you have plans to move social media to any other platforms? And I don't think you guys answered, but have you thought about that? Do you do, do you? Do you look at, are you guys active on other platforms? Because our, our response was, I forgot what I said. No. I, th I think I said, <laughs> we're going to try Tinder. I, I, Tinder? I think we're going to move to Tinder. Well played. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and yes. somebody suggested Tinder and Truth, only social. fans, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Anyway, anyway, my OnlyFans count is rocking. Oh boy! <laughs> but do, do you do you are you seeing growth? Is it good growth? I mean, can, you know, if people go to follow you guys on Twitter. You know, content's good, solid. Yeah, yeah. From what I see, people like the content, and we have increased like the frequency for the podcast, and I think uh, people like that too. But I haven't really like haven't really talked about other yeah platforms. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Twitter, but um, well, let's let let's we digress. We often digress on this show. It happens. Yeah, uh, let's go back to Colombia. We were talking about uh, pop stars, uh, you know, cultural icons. Uh, so let's 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 overlap back to the core of our show, uh, the game. Uh, who is your Colombian national team player that is your north star? Wow. And why is it Carlos Valderrama? How did you know? Because I can't name a second. Is there any other answer <laughs> other than the goalie? What? Rene Guita could yeah. be another good answer. But I think it depends on... The, and it's interesting when, when Colombia did well in the 2014 World Cup, uh, I was talking to my best friend and we're like, okay, we had like 12 bad years where we didn't make it to a World Cup, but kids that are now like eight to ten they're probably having the best time of their lives because they grew up watching this team yeah obviously now they now that they are older they went through uh the bad moments with colombia not making it to the 2022 world cup but but yeah i grew up um watching and again is this gonna reveal my age by the way uh, you're the youngest one here so just throwing that out there okay yeah the <laughs> The more you say that, the more we get irritated. So <laughs> you can hold off. Hey, on we're, 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 all, we're all young. What, what are you talking about? I agree about? with that, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I grew up um, watching uh, Colombia when they made it to the 1990 World Cup in Italy. And they had uh, some relative success. Could have been better. But uh, that uh, run of 16 game against Cameroon didn't go our way in extra time and Rene Guita made a mistake um, but anyway I grew up watching that Colombian team and Carlos Valderrama was number 10 for that team and he was having a lot of success. He, he was a true 10. He was yeah. excellent. Uh, yeah. He, in his prime he was excellent. I don't know that we got him in our domestic league um, which was fair for the, the American eye but when he was in his prime in that 90 to 94 era, he was a flippin' ace. I'm curious about professional soccer in Colombia as you were growing up. Obviously, we're going to talk about City, and I think this would be a good segue to get to that. But before we talk about St. Louis and, and the MLS, I'd love to learn more about professional soccer in Colombia. Obviously, there's interesting stories we could talk about when <laughs> in a certain time period. I don't want to go down that road. There are books and movies made about that, uh, the Escobar years. I, I don't really... Netflix specials. Yeah, you can... Fine. I'm not as interested in that, but I am interested in how maybe some of those years or the years prior to affected professional soccer in Colombia. Also, I'm not assuming you're a historian of Colombian professional soccer. I'm just looking for your thoughts on the parallels of how the leagues were started, what the popularity looked like in Colombia when you were still there today, and then I would love to bridge that into yeah. 
the city. And, and, and speak on, because is it hard to not compare it? Because at the time we're talking about, in the early to mid-90s, all the way through up, the cartels owned the teams, at least the most successful teams. So the, the sport had an influx of money, which is why the teams are so good. But go ahead. Yeah, so the league has been around for a long time. It started, if I remember correctly, in 1948. So it's been around for a long time. And in those first years, and I don't remember the exact story on it, but there was something going on in Argentina with their league. And Colombia was able to get a lot of the Argentinian biggest stars ah. back in the in the 50s. And um, it's been around for a long time and it's very popular. Uh, my hometown is uh, a small city, um, 450,000 uh, population. And um, the, 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 home, the town has a team. Back in the 90s, um, we played at, at the oldest stadium that was built uh, like in the 60s, 70s, uh, 16,000 people. And the team was doing relatively well, uh, like making it to uh, playoffs and things like that. And the stadium became too small for the for the town mm -hmm. just because the team was so popular and uh, ended up uh, building a new stadium on the same site. Now it is, I think it was 40,000 at some point. And wow. then Colombia had the uh, under 20 World Cup and uh, it became 35,000 stadium. But uh, I don't know, I, I grew up uh, going to those games with my dad, with my brothers, uh, with friends. And uh, it was just great to see a full stadium and everybody supporting this my hometown team that it was very small at that point, uh, not very popular and not very successful. What's the name of that club? Once Caldas. Um, they later became uh, more successful. They actually won the Copa Libertadores in 2004, which was some great times. I was. Wow. Were they in the same league as Libertadores? Or uh, what's the what's the what's the famous club from Colombia? Am I, am I saying that wrong? Uh, the so there are some um, there are a few Atlético Nacional, yeah. um, América de Cali are the two like most uh, okay. successful. Uh, Atlético Nacional won the Libertadores twice. Uh, the first time was in 1989, and when Once Caldas won in 2004, that was the second time a Colombian team had won it. And up to now, only Atlético Nacional and Once Caldas have won it, and Once Caldas won it with basically it's very it's very interesting now that we're going into city. That's a good segue because Once Caldas won the Copa Libertadores basically with a team without any big Charlies, as Lutz will say. Yeah, no superstar, no DPS. No, no, and, and Colombia doesn't doesn't have that kind of DP rule. But uh, but it was uh, just a bunch of guys that play as a unit, play as a team very good defensively and ended up surprising South America that year. They were one penalty kick away from winning the equivalent of what uh, the the club World Cup is now. At that point, it was the Intercontinental Cup. It was only uh, the Champions League uh, winner against the Copa Libertadores winner. And uh, Once Caldas was kicking to win that Intercontinental Cup, and uh, unfortunately, the the PK hit uh, the post, and then Once Caldas ended up losing. And that club has been around, just a quick wiki, since 1959. So 
really quickly before you go into the city piece, outside of, of soccer in Colombia, what other sports were popular or were, are popular now? Cycling is very popular, and uh, back in the 80s, 90s, uh, we used to have a really good uh, um, guys that... Um, well, it's got to be because of the terrain. Right, right. So Colombia is, yeah. like, Colombian cyclers, um, cyclists are very the good. The elevation, maybe? Like are very mountain. Yeah. yeah. Okay. A lot of mountains, and um, Colombians have won uh, some of the... Some of those big races, uh, Vuelta España, Tour de France, uh, not Tour, yeah, Tour de France. We actually won recently. So yes, Colombia sir. has a Colombian cyclist has won all those. Wow. Tour de France, wow. uh, Vuelta See, España, all, and Giro Italia. All of our great cyclists from the flat plains of Texas, <laughs> they they use drugs. That, oh. That's how they won. <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about. Uh, so. Now let's 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 fast forward a little bit into your relationship with City, um, City's relationship with Estil Santos, uh, and where you see that going. Yeah, so we talk a little bit about me calling the St. Louis FC games mm-hmm. when obviously when St. Louis FC ceased operations on, in 2020, there was a little gap in 2021, but then I was like. The St. Louis community, and that's something I like about St. Louis, that you get a chance to connect and meet a lot of people in the soccer community. So I knew I knew MLS for the Lou was around, and I knew some people in the organization. So I kind of made some connections and told them, hey, we used to do this. Keep us in mind whenever, if we get a team, um, we are going to, like, cover like uh, send us articles and we will translate them and post them in Spanish so we, we, we did that for a couple of years and then uh, when the team was announced and CD came up with CD2 we approached them about announcing uh, CD2's games so we did that last year and um, then for 2023 we we kind of started talking about it in 2022 the main roadblock um, with the Apple contract was that we were doing all of this like digitally, mm-hmm. uh, either like a Facebook streaming or YouTube or even on our own page. We did a few things um, throughout the years, but um, the main restriction MLS had with this new contract with Apple was that basically digital was gone. Mm-hmm. So City told me, hey, we, we love what you guys do but you guys need a radio station if you guys want to do this and um, I, I knocked some doors in St. Louis some stations uh, some, were inter- some were interested some were not and finally ended up finding um, KSOK 102.9 uh, they were very interested in the idea since they want and we made things work with um, CD and with MLS like a lot of back and forth with contracts and things like that, but uh, we were able to get the broadcast. And Does one of the big boys own that station um, in town here, or is that a, like, no, independent, it, it, I believe? it is an, an independent That's an independent station, station? okay. Yeah. So, so do you and uh, Joey have a little uh, standoff per game, like who can have the most flair, or, <laughs> you know, is, is there a side-by-side? Do you do no, a split screen? No, and no not at all. And uh, <laughs> Joey is great. Uh, 
And I don't think I like getting to that level. I think it's going to be very difficult. I love what he is doing with the English broadcast. And I think the national soccer community is not noticing that because he's doing that. We just talk about lack of emotion. And then when you think about Joey. Yeah, like, there, yeah. that's not a term you think of with Joey, lack of emotion. Yeah. No, that's awesome. No. So let me let me ask your opinion then. Uh, MLS, um, well, quick question first. When did you start following MLS and what teams did you follow? Oh, wow. Uh, this is not going to be a popular answer. I started... Oh, here we go. I started following in around 2016. Okay. Um, I went to... But... but the, w- the reason why you're not going to like it I is I already know what city you're going to say. Is because I I have a good friend in Seattle. Oh, and, okay. That's um, better. Okay, okay no, okay, keep talking. No, no. I was ready to uh, meet you. Yeah. Because <laughs> you weren't going to talk about that city across the state, were you? No, 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 no. The real oh, capital? Okay. Is that? I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I like to avoid talking about the Kansas team because I just never know if I will get a letter or something like that. So <laughs> you want Let's go. Cease and desist? <laughs> I love that. I yes. prefer to stay away from that. So 2016. <laughs> we'll, we'll do it for you. Don't worry. Yeah. 2016, I, I visited my friend in Seattle. And um, that weekend that we were there, there was a Seattle Sounders game. I say, hey. And she's a season ticket holder. So I was like, hey, we want to go. And we ended up going to the game. And Seattle at that point was kind of a struggling, uh, although they ended up winning the cup last year. But at that point, they were coming up of a rough patch. But uh, I really enjoyed the atmosphere in Seattle. They do a great job at the stadium. They always have 40,000 plus people. They also do great things around the stadium. And they march to a game. So we got to do mm-hmm. all of that with nice. my friend. And they have a turf field. Yeah, the, that too. But <laughs> but uh, I started following. It's so green. It looks like Brian Shire's front yard. It looks like their jerseys. <laughs> yeah. I started following the Sounders and... Uh, up to when City was announced and joined the league, Seattle Sounders were, were my team, and, and I followed okay. them and Fair watched enough. them on TV. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I was a Chicago Fire season ticket holder. Yeah. You know, so I, 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 I was a dynamo I get guy. It. This, this, last, yeah, this last game against the Sounders was, for me, like, I have to get familiar with the opposing team players. This one was really easy because I knew most of them already yeah. from watching the Sounders all these years. So a legit squad. <clears throat> so I'm I'm curious as to your take uh, as um, as a Colombian living here in America, uh, loving the game, knowing pr- a lot about these MLS squads. You do your research on the players. You probably. Uh, you know, are very cognizant of the cultural relationship of, of certain squads and the and the players that they bring in that maybe fit the community or fit a marketplace within the community. For example, Chicago in the early years, uh, because of the huge Polish population in particular and the Central Europeans that populated the city, they, they loaded up on European players like that. Um, looking at cities' makeup, what do you think about a, a the type of players that they've done, and and what do you what do you think about the cultural overlap, you know, in what they're doing, and and do you see that as coming into play, or do you think it's going to play a role moving forward, given that St. Louis is such 
uh, an ethnically diverse community? I think at some point um, they will they will bring some um, players from South America and from other countries, but. Um, I think they, they are also not trying to, oh, okay, we have to check this box and have a South American player right. because uh, there is a good population there that, that we have to cater to. I think that will come organically and based on the needs of the team. And with, with this system the team has, I think, uh, and they have said it a few times, these players were hand-picked because they fit the system. Play that style. Yeah, they fit yeah, that absolutely. style. It just happens that uh, a lot of them have a German, like are either German or or played in Bundesliga or have some kind of collect of connection with Germany or with Lutz. But um, the team has done a great job scouting. Uh, I really like um, yeah. what they are doing, yeah. but I think at some point they are going to look It'll at other places. So, Berkey sh uh, Shitsu aside, <laughs> uh, talk about your two or three players that really stand out to you and why. And then also tell us, since you're in the stadium, these first, you know, however many handful of games that we've had, and you're calling the game. Talk about those players and talk uh, talk to us about what your favorite part is about this new stadium. Okay, so let's start with the with the players. Yeah, you hijacked my question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I just got to know it a little bit. Yeah, it's all right. It's okay. 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 Now I'm hijacking his answer. Yeah, yeah. Now we're just forget about everything Jared said. Two. No, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead with your. Answer. All right. So players that I like. Um, my first one is Kyle Hebert. And uh, it is a great story, guy that in 2021 was in college, 2022 Where came. was he at college at? Oh, my God. You, why, why did you have to pick him? He's a great player. We love the guy. But it's his alma mater. What, what, and oh, mine. And mine. Okay. And yep. mine. Yeah. So, yeah. so do you have that connection? Yep. So you did research on us before this, didn't <laughs> no, you? No. No. <laughs> no, he's like, who are these idiots? But, no. Okay, so no. Kyle Hebert. Not at, not at all. So greatest story. Missouri State Bear. He was in college at Missouri State in 2021, came to City 2, played every minute except like Five minutes that uh, I, I, I'm sure John Hogwarts probably regrets taking him out, taking him out of that game because mm. otherwise he will have played every minute of last season. But um, from there to go to uh, the MLS team and uh, he has taken advantage of every break, every break. Like uh, obviously Joachim Nilsson uh, had that injury. And he showed that he could. How start clean for the has he team. been? How clean has he been with the ball? And how accountable has he been defending you, watching every game, announcing everything? For this, me, this other than Parker, he has been our cleanest defensive player. He looks the PK. He looks like an MLS veteran. Yeah, um, yeah. My, uh, my, uh, the, the the guy that does the the broadcast with me, like we. Like the first game against Austin, like he was doing so great. Oh. And we were just joking, like, who is this guy? How many how many games has he played at MLS? Is this is this his two hundred game? Like uh, he looked great. He wasn't out of place. So, Absolutely. Uh, thirty minutes in, it was his thirtieth minute. So so I really love those stories uh, about players making it through the organization and taking advantage of those those chances. Uh, and Kyle Hebert, he also had problems with injuries when when he was in college um so you see him overcome that and now mls 
went to the Canadian Canada. team. And he got the first cap. Had, had yeah. his first cap. It's, it's great to see. So player number two, who stands out? Player number two, I'm going to go with um, Edward Leuven. He is everywhere. He, <laughs> he can play six. He can play eight. He can play ten. Uh, really, really good guy, really great player, and also uh, a few chances that I have had to talk to him, also a great person. Yeah. So uh, our friend Zach here, he compares him, he, he calls him our... Uh, uh, De Bruyne. De Bruyne, thank you. You know, kind I mean, of he just, he, he's that, everywhere. That side, he even has the sullen face. Yes, he does. Does he Always smile? Looks like when you've talked to him, does he smile? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is he, he breathing? Let's start there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so he's a human. Okay, good. So, so that's your standouts. Uh, now, just quickly overall, the team, we're seven games in. We've got a very, very strong Cincinnati team coming in this weekend. Um, a lot of games yet to play, you know, and you've been calling games for a long time. You're familiar with the league, you know, over, under, project a little bit out. Like, uh, are we going to sustain this, this momentum, you know, uh, can we keep doing it? Do you think it's an anomaly, or do you think that it's built for the long haul? No, I think um, the team will continue being competitive this year. This Cincinnati game it will be a big test. Uh, I think if St. Louis wins this game, people are going to start talking about them again. But um, it's great to see how the team is doing um, before the season started. I remember media day asking uh, Lutz and Bradley Carnell, so hey, at the end of the year, what will be, for you, what will be considered success in the league? And it's funny because they didn't, they didn't commit to anything. They say, no, we just want to compete, but we're not gonna say we want to be in playoffs or we want to be in the sixth position at the end of the season or anything like that. They say, no, we." We think we have a competitive team. We think we're going to compete, but we are not going to commit to anything in terms of results. Don't you hate answers like that, though? Oh, I hate them. So, like, no. I wasn't. No. I wasn't even part of that conversation, and I heard the answer, and I'm like, oh, you know what? That just kind of wrenches my gut a little bit. But that okay. Now I'm confidently up. prepared. But also on media day, the few players I talked to. I asked them, what are your expectations for the season? Sure. And some of them said, we want to make it to playoffs. Edward Leuven said, I don't, wanna, I don't want this year to be just like, oh, I was here just a year for fun and I wasted a year. I want And he be. wasted more time than a year because of the bullshit. <laughs> so he actually is a season pro in probably, what, set six, eight months where he yeah. could have been playing somewhere because he believed in this project? Exactly. So in our game coming up Saturday... We have Bloom that's hurt, five, six weeks. We have Nilsson still hurt. We have a kid that's got a stomach bug, I think. But for the most John part, Bell. we're healthy, correct? Yeah. yeah, other than those guys, uh, the team is healthy. And, yeah, losing uh, Blom uh, obviously is bad, but uh, I think the team has uh, good guys at that position. I think we've got, I think we've got Blom covered. Yeah. So, so okay, 34-game <clears throat> season. We're already off to a 5-2 and two start. Um, I'm going to put the question on to you. Um, over, under, on wins. How many wins do you think we get? One and two. Uh, let's assume. I think we would all assume we're on pace with this team. We should make the playoffs, all things being equal, short of catastrophic injuries, et cetera. 
How far do we go in the playoffs? Oof. Okay. So, oh, oh, oh. so over under, uh, I'm gonna go with twelve, and that's on the low end. Um, but yeah, I'm going. I'm gonna go with twelve, and yeah, the team will make it to the playoffs. Twelve over under on wins with how many ties? Oof. Well, um, he gets excited about hoping, the tie question. I'm hoping that it's at least eight, with the math being twelve wins. Because do we make the playoffs with not a decent amount of ties with only twelve wins? Yeah, for, I, I think we will. For for twelve, you will need to tie six, seven yeah, games yeah, exactly. if you want to be in that playing game. But if you want to make it directly without the playing game, you probably need thirteen wins and and some ties. But uh, but yeah, I think the team will will win at least twelve games and make it to the playoffs, whether it is that playing game or okay or to a conference quarterfinals. And as far as how far the team can go, I'm gonna go with conference uh, semifinals. Okay, love it. So I want to go to Jared's question. I'm gonna punch it up just a bit because you talked about your STLFC home opener, the the game that you went to in 2016. You talked about you know uh, Once Caldas and those experiences. How does the city stadium, city park, rank up there, and what do you love about it? What would you What would you like to see more of? I love that, uh, and even though even though this is a debate, depending who you talk to, I love that everybody is standing. Yeah. During the game, <laughs> it's a little bit of a unless debate. you're in my section. <laughs> yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about, and those that listen to the show that are part of those uh, fan groups. I, have you ever seen kind of a, a crazier hot topic item than sitter stand? <laughs> I know. I know. When I it's, started seeing that, I was like, oh, my God, people are really passionate about this. But uh, I think one of the reasons why everybody's standing is the way the teams play, the team plays. Because, um, and even for me, from the play-by-play standpoint, it's so exciting. Something is happening, like, every minute. So I think that's what keeps people uh, pumped up and standing and keeping an eye on what's going to happen. Well, it is. I mean, it, it's it's got to be. I never thought of it this way from your uh, trade perspective. When you have a team like this that is just constantly running at 120 miles per hour. Oh, yeah. Anything can happen anytime. There's no sitting in possession. There's no Chelsea parking the bus. There's right. none of that, right? So... You know, how, how tired are you at the end of calling <laughs> ninety minutes? It's uh, yeah, it's it's uh, because you are you have to pay attention the whole time. You don't really. And are you sitting or standing? I'm, I'm <laughs> standing. I'm standing. Uh, obviously, from the old days at soccer park uh, when we called the games from the roof, um, we had a we had a seat, but uh, I prefer to stand. Gave me a better view of the field and uh, for what's going on. Uh, and somebody uh, before I started um, this gig with St. Louis CDSC, I I reached out to uh, a few people um, in the business, um, and one of the guys I talked to said, if you can stand the whole nine minutes, I recommend you do that. Do you get the cool mics like they do uh, on Ted Lasso, the ones that have like the la- the lanyard and you, it, 
you had to hold it the whole time and it's yeah, right is it like abc wide, <laughs> wide world of sports in 1984 yeah. do you wear a blazer when you call the game i i do oh, oh yes I, <laughs> I wear a blazer when i go I, he does he i does. wear a blazer uh i wore i actually wore a tie for the opening game oh, but, yeah. uh, but it. church it up dirt we need yeah. to get him a hat <laughs> oh we do uh so we're about to get inundated with some significant sound but um I this has been a lot of fun, yeah. Santiago, and I think the the reach that you have. I, my my final question was just going to be about one hundred two point nine. Yeah, what's the reception been like from the Hispanic community? Um, do you see that still continuing to to grow? Uh, that, that just talk a little bit about that, and then you guys might have some. Some yeah. 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 Well. So, so I think he's dodged my question about yeah. the stadium. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna go back to that because I didn't wanna <laughs> leave you hanging. Um, I love the stadium environment. Uh, I love uh, what I'm seeing in the supporters section. Uh, seeing uh, everybody chanting. Even uh, Saint Estil Santos has uh, has brought some of the chants in Spanish, and the section is is doing it. That's so. Awesome. I love to see that, and uh, as far as um, I'm also uh, when I'm standing doing the play-by-play, -play, I hold the microphone. I don't have like a headset or oh, anything yeah? like that. I'm holding the microphone, oh, so so good. I so good. I do it the the old way, traditional way. And one hundred two point nine, yeah, definitely has let us uh, grow the outreach to the Hispanic community. And uh, people um, after the games, obviously not after these last two, but uh, after the first two games, uh, I I had a lot of people asking me like, hey, we want to see the goal, we want to hear and see the goal calls, and we were still like working on that with the team. But uh, when I started, hopefully Saturday, when I started posting them, posting video with the with the call over them, like people got really excited, Good. and uh, it's great to see. What is back? Like what that. is back pass in Spanish? <laughs> <laughs> you got used to that. What is a back pass? I don't, I don't even know. We what don't that see is. back passes on the, with this team. Everything is forward. No, well, we scored on three of them. Right. Well, they're back passes. Yeah, right. That's yeah. true. Theirs, yeah. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. Not paying attention. No, you're not. It's all right. I was, it, we get it. It's good. I, I'm wondering about tri trivia is about to follow us up here. So. <laughs> yeah. I, I, have a, I have a parting final question here for you. Uh, I mentioned before the break the Colombian contingency that when the national team plays, my friends, our friends over at Amsterdam Tavern tend to host the crew. Uh and I've, I've been there a long time, and I've seen a lot of um, fan groups come in for different nationalities. Uh, I've never seen anything like what your crew does. Talk, talk real briefly about how far away do they drive to, this, to, that, to Amsterdam to watch this game with you and your crew, and explain to people the environment. It is a party at Amsterdam when Colombia plays. Uh, I didn't know there were so many Colombians in St. Louis until the World Cup in 2014 when yeah. I went to uh, watch some of the games there. I was like, wow, there is all these people and some of them uh, I became friends with uh, 
like soccer has also helped me find some Colombians. Yeah. So not only people in the soccer community, and but find more Colombians. And what's that? What's that liquor called? The uh, this aguardiente. Being see, notice that volume go up there. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> yeah, now whoa. Jared's injured. I, I like, mean, we what? know a guy from a uh, from a Haitian descent, and he's got a certain liquor. What is the liquor? Say what, it again. What? What? What is aguardiente? What is it? Is it rum? Is it rum? Or no, it's uh, it's um. I've tried it. It's it's actually it's like petrol. Is sugar cane <laughs> based, and yeah, it's not not everybody will will like it. Um, some people have asked me like what it what it is like. Uh, I have heard some people saying that it's similar to uh, uh, uso, the Greek uh, yeah. thing. What about um, the stuff from Jamaica, Mama Juana? Isn't that sugar cane based too? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think it is. Well, true story. So Jeff Lyle, you know Lyle from Amsterdam, like he, he you and your crew are his favorite for those. The distributors here in the St. Louis area don't sell it. Right. So he's got to like farm it in from, yeah. I don't know, Indianapolis, someplace and, far and away. And that's great that he got that <laughs> for us. And obviously he's true making story. great business, but people get really happy. Like to me, I had never seen Aguardiente in St. Louis and finding it there was great, but that's it's awesome. a great party. Uh, in 2016, when Colombia played USA in the Copa America, yeah. obviously they were going to have the, the USA fans, so they actually put uh, TVs and chairs and uh, bar outside by the scooter uh, place yeah. for only Colombians, and uh, it was great to see. Uh, they put you guys outside? We were outside. They love you for two reasons, and one is the obvious one, and it is all the liquor and the sales and the cash that goes in the door. <laughs> the other reason is the curves. Think Shakira. <laughs> hips don't lie. Oh, yeah. My hips, hips don't, don't lie. lie. All right, hey, Santiago. you're not getting off the hook. What's the best thing about the stadium? The best thing about the stadium is just the noise. Okay. Uh, like, uh, okay. I love That's fair. hearing it in the background, uh, people uh, chanting CDSE and, and just hearing it through my headphones because we have a mic that, that catches uh, the ambience in the stadium and just yeah. hearing loud and clear. All the chance. That's I, awesome. I love that. that. Awesome. Love it. Santiago, thank you very much for your time, man. Thank I you, sir. appreciate you, you. Uh, joining us. Hope you enjoyed yourself. Um, good luck this Saturday. We'll, 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 we'll be you, there. Are you going to be there, too? I'll be there. Okay, so we'll all be I'll there. I'll be there. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll wave. Jared will be the one in the suit coat crying in We'll the wave corner. at your box. I think I'm going to streak. <laughs> Don't do that. Uh -oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't. So Don't thank do you. Good luck with the game. I'm sure we'll touch base here throughout the season. Uh, thank you for listening. Give us a follow. You know, we really appreciate it. And actually, I'm going to ask another request of you guys, if you've made it this far. Uh, give it a share. Send there it to you your go. friends. You know, let them know just how genius our insights and our guests are. Um, or lie to them, whatever. So thank you for your time. Jared, as always. Zach, as always. Time to get boys at training. Um, thank you. And Visit Well Spent this Saturday as well. Five year anniversary um, five on year Saturday. Anniversary. And there's if you're wearing City Gear, you get ten percent off. Ten is ten? Uh yeah, I think it's ten percent. Okay. Maybe more. Maybe ten percent. And then if you mention Soccer Dad Pod, they they actually charge you full price. And and FC Cincy can <laughs> suck on it. Ah, oh, there we go. Boy, here All we right, go. We're out. See ya. <laughs>